play into episode 25 when we get a new game table, discuss our best board games played in 2015, and defend against an alien invasion in our review of Xeno Shift. episode 25. This is Fred, and I have to report that the aliens are inside the base, and holding down the fort with me, as always, is my wife, Nicole. That's right, Nicole. Now, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy! Now, we have done well. We have another Christmas in the can. In the toilet? Christmas in the can. We didn't eat any canned foods. We didn't? Oh, yeah, we did. Shut up. (laughs) Another New Year's uh, hadn't forgotten. What'd we do? I don't even remember. Oh. (laughs) Now, we approach the year ahead, and we're hoping together, I hope, that this renaissance of board games has not yet eclipsed and the best is still on its way. I think so. Yeah? Now, given that we had more time off, or at least I had more time off. Well, I did. I had a couple extra days. Well, let's talk about what we got played. We like to game with gods. We like to game with dice. So this is what we say. But when the chips were gone and the sun came up, hey, let's see what God played. All right, Nicole. So we played a card game I got for Christmas. Mm-hmm. We played a game. Uh, now, <clears throat> this game I bought almost purely on theme. I didn't watch a review on it or anything. I just you didn't heard. Buy it. Well, I mean, it, it was per, it was requested <laughs> requested because <laughs> <laughs> because I had seen like someone someone say that they thought it was good, and I didn't even care because I was like, this theme is one I've never seen and I haven't got yet. So so we got one. Yes, it's yes. called Birds of a Feather, and this is a bird watching game. Yeah. <clears throat> now I don't even the funny thing is I don't even care about bird watching that much. And I, and I really wasn't aware of, of how, you know, competitive it is until I saw The the Great Year. That so, was a good movie. Right. Was it The Great Year? I think so. I big Year. Big the Year. Big Year. The Big Year. Yeah. Jack Black and Owen Wilson are in it, and they are competing to identify birds. And a big year is a real thing. Yeah. It happens every year. Someone It starts on January 1st and ends December 31st, and someone, you know, different people try to, to uh, see as many birds on the planet as possible yeah and they have to identify them right now identification doesn't have to be visual that's one of the crazy things about the big year yeah you can just just hear it if you hear it and you can identify the 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 voice of the bird you can actually say or the call what if it's a mockingbird it's just making fun of some other bird and you're like seriously isn't that the point (laughs) i don't know that they just imitate (laughs) other birds so how could you be sure i don't know if that's what they do or not and do people cheat and say, yeah, I saw it, and they really didn't? That's the funniest thing, is that there's no check and balance to this either. I know. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely honor code. I don't believe that people can be that honorable. <clears throat> well, here's the truth, is that uh, some of these people that are that are doing this legitimately will travel to an isolated island in the middle of nowhere just to, see you know... See a bird that see flocks a bird, there yeah, once that a week. That migrates or through once, there. One know? week a year or something. Right. Yeah. And they'll they'll take they'll spend an enormous amount of money trying to make this happen. So I would think that it wouldn't be worth doing at all 
or spending all that money when you could just stay at home and lie about it. Well, I'm sure, don't you have to like prove you were there at least <laughs> or other people are going to see that you weren't there? Maybe. I mean, I would think. I don't know. Like I said, I think it's, it. it's honor code. I don't even know. Well, somebody's got to know. I don't know. If it's like one week a year that they go see these birds or something, you know, that's it's that hard to charter a flight to, to, you know, backwoods nowhere. I'm pretty sure that, that, I mean, even if you did spend the money, okay, even if you did that, yeah. that you could just say, hey, guys, I'm going to go over here and go to the bathroom in the bushes and come back and be like, there it was, the Jabberwocky Lulu. Did you hear its call? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> right when my fluid touched the bush, it took off. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> it got a little bit on it. <laughs> I think your parents would like this game. Back to the game, by the you way. You think so? Well, I think you're, yeah, I think so. But I think what they would do is they'd like actually analyze the cards. Explain Maybe. how the game goes, though. Okay, so this is a real simple, this is a filler or a starter warm up kind of game or like an end of the night game. And we use it as an end of the night game. And it uh, it basically just involves a bunch of like five different color sets of cards, and each color set has uh, you know I think nine different or something like that values in each one, and you're just trying to collect a full set of each of the valued you know values in a color set. Well, it starts out everybody gets dealt a hand of what nine cards, right? And you have to look at your your cards and decide that you're going to play one of them onto the table. I know, but you're telling me how to play. I'm telling I'm telling them how the game's won. <laughs> well, okay, I'll shut up. Right, step on my toes, lady. You know, I try and help. What happens? <laughs> but here's the deal. So you're just trying to collect as many of these spots. Like if you have the blue category, you want all the blue spots filled, or the greens and and the oranges and the reds and all that stuff. Okay, that's the idea of the game. Pardon me. And <laughs> the thing is about it is that uh, you do that, and this is how this is what's cool. You do that by playing. You have a hand of cards at the start of the game, and it's how like many 12 cards? cards. Okay, is it twelve? <clears throat> it I thought is it was 12. nine. Okay, well, okay. I was I was mistaken then. Obviously, all of your cards are going to be played <laughs> during the course of the game, except for one. The last card will be discarded. So on your turn, you pick a card, you play it face down on the table, and this card will have a color and a symbol associated with it to tell you which kind of the collection it is. And the, and the easiest one to get is the eggs. For instance, the egg symbol under any of the colors is there's three of those in the deck. And uh-huh. there's like a whole bunch of them that are just like two in the deck. And there's a couple of them, like namely one of them that's worth two points and the raptor, which has like a claw. There's only one of each of those in each color of the deck. Right. You know? So it, it just... You'll play them down, face down. Everybody does this. You flip over your card. Everybody simultaneously. Right. Everybody flips over their cards. And whatever colors match, those people are in the same habitat. That's what the colors supposedly mean, is they're different habitats. And if you're in the same habitat, you got to see the same birds in that habitat as the other players in that habitat. Okay? So if you're if if you play blue, whoever else went played blue as well, you both get each other's symbols right. marked off on your little checklist of birds. So if I had an egg and you had a feather, then we both get the egg we and the feather. We both have egg feathers on, on egg feathers, on uh, <laughs> the worst kind of feathers. <clears throat> We'd have both have egg feathers uh, on, our, on our little cheat sheets. What? Just keep saying it. doesn't get less funny. Egg feather. <laughs> I knew a Neil egg feather once. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not a real person. Uh, then we push the cards into the middle of the table. And those cards are lingering birds. So now you're choosing your next card, and you're trying to decide. Like, you're looking at the last turn, 
and you'll you'll see like this one will get me a couple of cards, but this guy played a card by himself that's a raptor, and there's only one of those in the deck. So if I don't take that raptor right now, I'll I'll not have a chance at it. But I don't have either one of those blue cards that played were played the tri- turn before. So you're kind of you know have these you know not real hard choices, but there's definite choices every turn. You know decisions to make based on what got played and what's out there, and you get to uh, decide what you're going to play next. And you do the same thing. You turn it face down, you flip it over, and now you get all the colors that match you played on that turn, plus any colors in the Lingering Birds area that match you. Right. Then you remove last turn's Lingering Birds. Your card that you played this turn becomes Lingering Birds for next turn, and you continue that way until you get to... So everybody actually has a chance (coughs) at every single bird. Right. Except for that last one that you don't play. Right, and at the end of the game, you add up your points, and whoever has the most points looking at birds wins. Right. So real simple. This would not work if it was a hunting theme, because if it was a hunting theme, then the birds would not linger. They would have, like, taken off right away. <laughs> no. Here's the corpses that haven't been collected yet. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's the hunting game version. Don't That's get sad terrible. about it. Oh, come on. No, I was thinking about it, though. Can you picture this game with a different theme, but the same mechanic? Um... And I couldn't figure out another way. I mean, it, it works really well. I mean, right. I can't say that the bird theme was super strong just because most of the time I wasn't yeah. looking at the birds themselves. I was looking at the symbols. Yeah. But it works so well with it that I kind of like it. Like that as the theme. It was kind of fun. But I think with your mom, yeah. like she would just look at every card and go, oh, look, a warbler bird. <laughs> I don't even know. Check doobly do exactly <laughs> i don't even know there were a lot of birds in there it's fun we saw one of these down by the lake last summer <laughs> down by the river. your dad and i <laughs> anyhow well i mean it is cool it's a fun theme and it's it's a pretty fun card game surprisingly we we played it with a group and immediately everybody was okay with playing it again yeah it and, was fun it was good yeah and part of it part of it truly was that that we didn't realize that there were limited cards on the first round where we didn't understand that which cards were limited and which ones weren't. Yeah, there I was kinda, only one Raptor card, but right. there were three eggs. Right, because yeah, I, so. I turbo-read the rules. It's my fault. Yeah, we kind of caught on to that <laughs> later on. Okay, well, another game we got played is Flick 'em Up. We did Flick 'em Up. We this flicked was, em. This was another Christmas present for me this year. I know. We played all your Christmas presents. I know. I'm the best. <laughs> no, that's Actually, we didn't play all of them. <clears throat> we didn't? We played more of yours than mine, though. Well, I mean, I told you, we'll play as many as of them as the rules you learn. That's really not fair. I still had That's to work. That's super fair. That is... Oh, my goodness. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can uh, flick them up. <laughs> flick them up. This is a... Now, I showed a picture of this to a guy at work today. This is a basically a, a dexterity game filled with little wooden cubes, and it's a cowboy theme, and you're flipping little discs around and shooting each other and knocking cowboys over. Discs. And it's super cool. But I showed it to a guy at work today. Who said, seriously? <laughs> what do you guys play with children's toys? Is what he said. And I was like, well, kind of. I mean, that's kind of what it is. I said, there's a lot more rules to this than just, yeah. you know, basic blocks for kids. So uh, anyway, uh, flick them up. You have little cowboys and they have little hats and you get to, you know, move them around these old West. They have all these little set pieces that you get to put up, these little cutouts of shops and stuff. and The saloon <clears> and the bank. Right. And, and it comes with 10 scenarios in it. And you get to build little towns, put little cowboys down. And, and you when you move, for instance, you pick up your cowboy and you put a little movement disc down. You flick the movement disc. And if it touches anything, you have your move fails. But if it doesn't touch anything, you replace the disc with your cowboy at the new position. If you're shooting, you put a bullet disc, which is a little gray disc that's smaller than the movement disc on either side, and you flip it at whatever you're shooting. 
uh, on the either side of the cowboy. And every turn you can either move <coughs> or shoot or move and move or shoot and shoot. Right. There's two actions per turn. And you can go inside buildings and hide yeah. from people. And, and then you have duels. a duel, which we never got to do. <clears throat> no, we, we killed Matt too fast. Yeah, he deserved it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this game, uh, it's... Uh, it's it's a fun little dexterity game. It's it's very much in the vein of like a pitch car or something like that. But it's 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 kind of like I'm going to play a miniature game without dice, just by flipping little discs around. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. Not a whole lot of rules to have to learn too, which no. is nice. No, so you can play this with any non gamer and right. still have a full experience. And it plays up to ten people, which is nice. Yeah, and we did we did that scenario. I mean, I think the one scenario we did took about. 40 minutes and stuff. If that, yeah, maybe. <clears throat> but we had a full, we had nine people playing. So one person got to play two characters. Right. And uh, <clears throat> what else? Um, and I, I like, my, my, I think my favorite part of that is like, like you said, the, all the little cowboys have a little cowboy hat, mm-hmm. which is just a little disc that sits on top of this little cowboy head. Right. But then when you do your two movements, then you flip the hat over and it goes from a red side to a blue side. And if you just did blue, right. then you go back to the red side. And that's how you know which characters have moved this this yeah. round. Yeah, and then and you, you keep going till everybody moves. <clears throat> and there's a little turn clock. It's a town clock, but yeah. you turn the every every other hour is a different color of the hat. It's either yeah, red so or blue. Yeah, so you can keep track of uh, was it, were we on the red turn or the blue turn right. to know which ones still have to activate. Yep. So and I like that a, a lot. I played the Cooper clan. Versus the sheriff, and Matt was the sheriff, and he got killed. Yes. <laughs> By Big Daddy Cooper. That's what it was. Big Daddy Cooper. You weren't Big Daddy Cooper. No. You were part of the Cooper clan, though. Right, yeah. right. Daniel was playing Big Daddy, Daddy Cooper at the time, and he took out Matt. Yeah. It was fun. Good for him. Yep. So flick him up. Pretty good game. Pretty simple. Once again, very light. Uh, not quite as light as Birds of a Feather, but... A fairly light game. Fairly light, yeah. <clears throat> Lots of fun stuff in that box. It does Great really, party game. does feel like a nice toy box yeah. of stuff. You but know? It's, it's a nice little party game, too, if you've got, you know, several people that you can get them all kind of playing that to kind of break the right. ice and whatnot. This is also a good game to break up in the middle of other games because you basically all have to stand up during the game. Yeah. So it, it kind of gets everybody up and gets them kind of stretched out again and lets them kind of, you know, puts blood back in their legs and butts and puts before they sit <laughs> back down and do some more playing of other games. Other thing I would say about it, too, though, is it does take a fair amount of space. You need a full table dedicated to it. Well, I mean, we could play it on this table. This isn't our game table. Nobody can see this table. They don't know what size that this, is. This is like a three by five. Well, yeah, but that's still, that's a fair amount of space. I mean, some people, if you're trying to play it on a... You know, two by three coffee table right. might not be the best setup. Now, for as you. usual with one of these types of games, uh, we played it in our on our Geek Chic table, which is has a game vault, so it has walls, so we don't have the problems of discs and stuff flying off the tables. Yeah, not usually. Which would I absolutely do that because I shoot really hard. That's going to be a problem <clears throat> when we start playing. We got I got you the uh, expansion too, and it's got horses. Yeah, and then you like launch them off a little ramps. Well, you don't launch which, horses off the ramp. I don't think but you no, ever you jump launch the, the discs off the ramps <clears throat> to try and hit the cowboys right, off the horses. Them. Yeah, they have a ramp that's included so you can shoot cowboys off horses. <laughs> yeah, that's going to end up being dangerous. <clears throat> you mean super cool, right? Yeah, that too. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's flick them up. Uh, pretty good game, and I think the the funny thing is it came out at a really high price point. I think the online prices for it have dropped quite a bit. I think I even saw a couple of forty five dollar prices floating around. Yeah. It gone down for an eighty dollar from... MSRP is pretty nice. Yeah. It's near fifty percent off. And I think that was on cool stuff, but either way. Either way. Either way. Flick them up. Good they don't game. pay our bills, so 
<clears throat> cool stuff, miniature market, wherever you can find a deal, Amazon. Know, just find some place with a good deal, okay? <laughs> <clears throat> Last thing that got played is we bought a new game table. We did. Now, that's deceptive, isn't it? Well, it's not exactly <clears throat> a board game. Right. But it's, uh, we got a really good deal on a supposedly, you know, broken or, or damaged item from Dick's Sporting Good, and we got a ping pong table. Yes. And it turns out it wasn't damaged. It just fell over and busted some of the box and some of the wood that frame that packs around the ping pong table. Got chipped. Got chipped. So it was was throwaway parts anyways. Yeah. So we actually got a really nice table and got a really Really deep discount on it. (laughs) (laughs) But so at at work, I play ping pong with the guys. We play really competitively. Everybody's like really cutthroat about it. I've been trying to get them to play legitimate ping pong rules but they keep saying that they play street rules or freestyle rules ridiculous <laughs> i know street pong street pong yeah because that's a thing <clears throat> it's the new craze all the kids are doing it all the kids are you, doing and, it and just a warning if you see your kid doing it you got to get them to stop because it's it's just not fair you got to play by the rules i mean next thing you know they're going to be using <laughs> using jokes off bazooka, bazooka joke gum comics that was <laughs> terrible i don't care that is terrible. I'm just telling you. Okay, so do you want to hear my joke for the day? Okay. Okay, so some guy comes in, he tells me this joke. He said, uh, he's like, okay, so there, back in the day there was a college campus and the kid, he's new on campus. He's like, this guy, uh, his roommate is yelling out the window, hey, 21. And the guy starts laughing. <laughs> That's so funny. And another guy walks <laughs> past and the guy yells out the window, hey, 42. And some other guy starts laughing and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, well, you know, nobody has time for like real jokes around here. So we just, we told a bunch of jokes. We gave them all numbers. And now, you know, when you get a minute, you just lean out the window and, and call out a number and then they'll, they'll know the joke and they'll just laugh. He's like, okay, I want to try this. So he goes, okay, well, here, try, go ahead and do this one. So he leans out the window and he says, hey, 63. Nobody says anything. He's like, I don't understand what happened. I don't get it. He's like, well, some people know how to tell a joke and some people don't. (laughs) Isn't that cute? (laughs) Yes, that was good. Okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) Ping pong. Ping pong, back to that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is no joke. No joke When you play it on the streets. (laughs) <laughs> That's where I was. Street pong. Street pong. <clears throat> but we play after work, and it's just because we, we've got a. For some <laughs> yeah, reason, for some you reason, do. my boss put a pool table in there, and we found out he had a ping pong topper. And we haven't played pool, but like twice, and we've played ping pong like hundreds of times. Friend really does work <clears throat> at his job. I promise you that. I do. I do. But the uh, the ping pong table's fun. <laughs> so then you got inspired and decided right. we needed one. Well, I just kind of thought it might be fun to have one at the house. I don't know why. It just felt it felt so easy to play ping pong because you're in and out of a game in usually less than five minutes. Yeah, it's pretty pretty quick. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Like last night, we probably played 12 games in under an hour. Oh, yeah. You know? And you get a little bit of exercise or at least more exercise than I get standing in a cubicle just standing. Right. And so this is not a board game. It is not a board game. But it is sort of a dexterity game. <laughs> <laughs> it is a dexterity totally game. Totally a dexterity okay, game. Okay, so we're going with that. So, in the vein of flick em up, ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> Old school flick em up. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, if you if you like, I mean. And then I, it could double as a gaming table if you need that extra space for your game of flick em up. It's an inside activity. 
<laughs> it's totally worth it. Thumbs up. We like our ping pong table. It's nice. It's a Stiga. <laughs> if you want to look it up, you can look up my tip, my ping pong table I got. It's on the Dick Sporting Goods site. It's the Stiga ST4100. Okay. <clears throat> and just know I got it cheaper than what it says online. No, I wish. <laughs> But anyways, I recommend ping pong tables to people if they want to play in their games. It's fun. Okay, so no, I recommend check out our Instagram because we did put, post a little uh, clip of our ping pong pass that we started to play because right. we had eight people, nine people <clears throat> at the time over showing the ping pong table. Well, we right. only have four paddles. So we decided that one person would hit the ball, the other, another person would hit the ball, second person would go and hit the ball, and you'd pass the first person to pass the paddle to the third person. Mm-hmm. So it just kept going back and forth, and you kept having to pass the paddle. Freaking nuts. People were loving it. People were diving for them. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. We had a really good time. So that's a good in-between on uh, in-between a game play, too. Hey, and you can see how ridiculous I look in that video. If, you, if you've you never seen who I, what I look like, I'm in that video. I'm wearing a Donald Duck shirt. Yes, I am not in that video. <laughs> I'm behind the camera. That's right. <laughs> so that's on our Instagram. So follow us on Instagram if you want to see <laughs> behind-the-scenes goof. And so, some board games, too. Yep. I also put a piqued interest out on the guild, and I actually got several replies, Nicole. Whew. Wow. Would you look at that? Magnificent. Here are some piqued interests. All right, so for piqued interest this episode, I asked... On our guild, what was your favorite board game you played for the first time in 2015, and why? It could be a 2015 release or not, and it could be a game that you made up. Okay? Did you make up a game? Is that why that's on here? No. Okay, go ahead, continue. No, but, but everybody house rules stuff or makes up their own games, why not? Well, house rules is different than making up your own game. Okay, that's fine. Sometimes, Sometimes it's throw a rock at the tree. That might have been your favorite game. That could be. Meh, yeah. Throw a rock at the dumpster and try to hit the side of it. Try and scare the raccoon out. It could be throw paper wads into my wastebasket at work. That's basketball. No, that's wastebasketball. There you go. (laughs) It's different. Of course, we say bank shots are worth double. See, my game now. House rules, okay. Anyways, uh, we got a couple of replies. First off, uh, Rodney said that his was Clockwork Wars. Now, this is a game I haven't played. No, I haven't seen it. Either. I mean, I think I've seen it, but I don't, I haven't know, I don't know anything about it. You didn't look it up? No. You're supposed to look it up. <clears throat> no way. That's your job. No, that's your job. <clears throat> I've had to work all week. Now, this I guess this is a Kickstarter because he says, from the moment I saw it on Kickstarter, I wanted to play it. It can accommodate from two to five players, and every game is a different experience based on the map, cards, and number of players. The hidden moves make it very chess-like and cards add a nice element of surprise for your opponents. Everyone he's taught this game to has enjoyed it. Well, now I'm intrigued. I know. You gotta look it up. No. That's your job later on no. this afternoon. <laughs> Clockwork Wars. I haven't heard about it, but maybe uh, maybe some other people are the on the fence. The Clockwork thing has me intrigued already. The Wars part makes me go, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Robert also replied. He said his number one is brew is brew crafters. Now brew crafters is like a is sort of a mechanic dense, you know, beer brewing game. That's the theme. Yeah, and I, I heard it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I heard it was fun. <laughs> Robert said it was his hands down favorite. Hits all of his buttons. It's a worker placement, variable setup, resource management, multiple viable paths to victory. 
Agricola style play. So obviously, like. if you don't feed your family beer, they die. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> don't give it to the children. <laughs> With a theme that he's interest, more interested in, and it says amazing and underrated game. Oh, people like beer more than farming. What? That's the weirdest thing. I've never heard of such a thing. I know. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> uh, he said his most played. And his wife's favorite game was Roll for the Galaxy. Now, this is this is a game I have upstairs, and I did a practice game of it, and I got ready to play it. And we, this is what I had at the game store, I think, the night that I went up there, and nobody, like, everybody was like, yeah, sure, I'll play a game with you in, like, an hour. And I'm like, I didn't bring any two-player games, and the store side's closed, and all that's open is the gaming room. Let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what happened that night. Uh, he says Roll for the Galaxy, and I'm dying to play it. And he says if it hits the table, it hits the table about twice a week with him. Uh, and he has the Ambition expansion, which I haven't looked into, but he says it offers a ton of new choices. And he asks specifically if you've got a chance to play this yet. And we know the no. answer is right. Now, maybe next year, uh, he says he can score some wins against his wife. So evidently, maybe his she wife likes games? this because she... <laughs> I you know. Never win games. What a weird relationship. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, actually, and that's a couple times came... That's close to being on our five for five, and for some reason just hasn't made it yet. Right. So, next time? I, th- I still think it might be a feature. Rolling dice is a feature. That's just hard. Yeah, but I can yell. You can yell. <laughs> I don't know. What do the symbols look like? <laughs> Can't remember. Are they like little pluses, or are they like squiggly things that I'm going to have to try and define? I can't remember. God, that's going to be hard. I did the practice game like over a month ago, and I can't remember what, <laughs> what I was looking at. I think they're very similar to like, well, I don't know. Here We we do have that game, and it will be coming to the table. So. We have different dice that represent different phases Well, I know game. that. I'm, I'm curious what the dice look like. They're blue and yellow and green. Wow, know. yellow and blue make green? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, Brendan said that his favorite game he played in 2015 was Agricola. He said he loves these type of games, uh, does not get to play them very often. It turns out as much as he loves Last Night on Earth and A Touch of Evil, he likes a game of med- medieval subsistence farming even better. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, now that's... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he didn't say that he played Touch of Evil or Last Night on Earth for the first time in 2015. So I'll forgive him for not saying Last Night on Earth's better than Agricola. Well, you know, you can have different ta- different <laughs> tastes. Touch on of things. Evil. <laughs> Those are both really good games, but so is Agricola. I don't know. I'd play a Touch of Evil any day over Agricola. We know you would. That's your favorite game. Though. I know. I don't know. Mine would have to be what my mood is. I know. You'd play Agricola. I like it. You're it's at, fun. You're just out I, of control. I, you know, right it now. just depends on the day. Out of control, woman. All right. And finally, uh, Glenn outdid himself, and he took this, like, it kind of reminds me of that, that you know, a theme. <laughs> Writing a theme in school. Like for the Red Rider BB gun? That was <laughs> yes. like a paragraph. But he says, uh, <laughs> he says, he has to break this down into three sections because he <laughs> couldn't just lock in one game. That's awesome. <clears throat> That's spoken right out of Nicole's heart. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, he says, first off, Mysterium would have to be his family game of the year for him. Uh, it has been uh, played several times with his wife and kids. Never gets old. During Thanksgiving, he toted it to his mother's house and had uh, his daughter and several non-gaming relatives play along. And it was universally loved. Ten-minute rules, explanation, and you're off and running. I can kind of see that because yeah. it's not a lot of rules to that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
kind of a Dixity kind of thing going on with it. Yep, we'll talk about it some other time. Okay. Uh, so he also soloed uh, he solo games as well, and he's found a wonderful solo for up to two players. That's not a solo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. One to it's two. Up to one to two. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, he says he has an up to two player game. That would be the Fields of Arl. Now he said it was released in 2014. He picked it up mid 2015, and it's an unbelievable solo player game and an amazingly fun two player game. So, huh. in other words, the solo might be, sounds like it might be better than the two player. He says a bit dense, slightly more, uh, slightly harder to digest than Agricola, but worlds better than Agricola. I'm liking this already. <laughs> he says he really didn't like Agricola. Yeah, but I liked Agricola. I know. So would and, I like this one that much better? <clears throat> well, he Maybe. says there's mounds of replay value and plays different every time, and it just has so much inside the box. He says, "Has you have you seen the size of the box? It's about the size of a small suitcase. That sounds fun. I, I should have looked up these components. Well, you don't look these things up. I wonder if it's You've like just piles off, of chips. Sir. <laughs> piles of chips. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm totally intrigued by that. Right. I haven't ever, I didn't even have, haven't ever even heard of it. I've heard of it. I saw like a picture of the box, but it was like, yeah. there wasn't any scale involved with it. So I don't know how big it actually was. Hmm. I'm going to cough. Yeah. At you. <laughs> no, that would be so, a sneeze, sir. <laughs> what? You cough weird. What am I, I know. <laughs> he says, lastly, most recent addiction within the past two weeks has been one I disagree with. <laughs> he loves Star Wars X-Wing miniature game. He says he's a Star Wars fanatic, and the release of The Force Awakens has forced his hand to buy a Star Wars game. Now, I will tell you that I've seen the movie, and if ever there was a movie that would force me to buy a game if I didn't have one, it would be The Force Awakens. Which we're not going to talk about because we don't do spoilers. Let me spoil it right now. Just no. kidding. Uh, he says he picked up the Star Wars miniature car- core set at Target with a gift card and with that uh, he was given, and the rest is history. Uh, they you, have you that look at Target? At, you look at his Instagram stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, so he has lots of pics of this because I don't, I don't do the I Instagram saw a pic. part. I saw a pic on Instagram of it. Really? You know, he may have been where I, where I saw that that uh, Fields of... Arl? Yeah. Okay. He says since getting the core set in early December, he's spent about $150 on crack cocaine. Uh, no, on extra ships. What? <laughs> a custom play mat, storage solutions, and he regrets none of it. Jeez, you know he should have called me. I would have. I would have made him you. a good deal on all of our well, stuff. <laughs> yeah, but then we'd have to ship it to wherever, wherever. I would. I would do that. Uh, he said he met a few people who play competitively at his friendly local game store, and he will be attending the weekly gaming meets at least twice monthly going forward. See, that's really cool. I could never do that. I'm way too clumsy. I just bounce things around, and nothing ends up where it was supposed to have been. I cannot make those little ships. Oh, yeah. I'm, move I'm like Mr. The... Bumbles around the table. Oh, it's I'm terrible. Bumping, bumping into other TIE fighters and uh. I like a lot of that <laughs> I like a lot of pieces to that game, but that just oh I can't do it. Yeah. And I don't like that one with that big piece that was too big for the base that just got in the way. That you ended up like you just took the, the part off are, are of the base. Are you talking about the YT? I don't know. Whichever one that was too big. The like Millennium Falcon one. Was it the Millennium Falcon? Right. Okay, well yeah, you had to like take it off the base. In order to actually play the game. So you couldn't right. even have the miniature on there because it was just too big and in the way. Right. But maybe that's just me. That's that's how and I feel about the whole game is like it would play easier if I just took the miniatures out of it and just played with the little chips on the, the table. With the bases, yeah. <clears throat> he said if he had to choose just one, he'd probably go with Mysterium since it actually released this year. But all of those are yeah. new. All now, of those technically, are, are that's new a re-release though. 
the original game was that Polish version. <laughs> that came out in 2014. Exactly. But so whatever. whatever. We're not talking about 2015 games. I'm just challenging We're it. We're talking I'm about... Ah, stop that. <laughs> he says his, true, his passion truly lies with the Star Wars miniature game. Now, I know plenty of people who really, really like this game. Yeah. I do. Now, it's- I... Kind of cool. I, I thought it was fine. It was. It, it's. I'm just too clumsy to play. It's it. got all the all the components and all the backbone to really to make it interesting and to keep it interesting because you got you know a lot of different building you can do on each of the ships and stuff. But ultimately, Fumbly Fred just <laughs> does Bumbly not Cole. does not have fun bumping these things around <laughs> and just being frustrated the whole time. <laughs> you got your B wing and my Tie Fighter. You got your Tie Fighter and my B wing. <laughs> Is that the I right know. names? I do. Those sure. are ships, right? Those yes. ships. Okay, good. Woo. Yes. I really do like Star Wars. I just don't ever know the names of all the little parts. He does say that he wishes he could get he should get uh, Imperial Assault and get a campaign going. Imperial Assault's good. That was fun. Yeah, I like I that. Think that's a good that one. one's yeah. You don't have to be worried about bumbling in that one. Right. Now in, in our fashion, we don't do things by ones, we do things by fives. Sure. So let's talk about our five favorite games we played in 2015 now for the first time yeah okay <clears throat> now this has nothing to do with what was released in 2015 no. i don't care about that because we all know what came out in 2015 and we all know what everybody puts at the top of their list and we know that we have not played enough of those games right for us to have a true i know that most people who put a list like that together haven't played enough of those games to really say these are the best games of this year that's probably true so all of those are just these like, look like the best uh, games of the year all of those look should at the pretty be pictures. like amended to say of the games I played, these were my favorite games of this year. Right. That's as close as they can get to accurate. Yeah. And we just haven't played enough of them total to give that a fair shot. So. So, here we go we like with to be our top five games that we played. This year. This year. For the now, first time. Now, Nicole, do you want me to start or do you want to start? I don't know. I have probably more than I'm supposed to. <clears throat> we'll do We'll do one honorable. I'll, I'll tell you what. We could do one honorable mention. But we're doing our top five. Can we do two honorable mentions? Oh, my goodness. What? Okay. Do they, do they have to I be mean, in order? It, it's just like Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I love Glenn. <laughs> Glenn rules. <laughs> All right. You can Glenn it. Okay. <laughs> I'll go first. Do you want the f- top five and then the honorable mentions? Okay. So the okay. top five and the honorable mentions. The top mentions. five. So what's your number five? Number five would be... Which one's going to be the honorable mentions then? Okay, so... Did you not actually number these? No. I was in a rush. <laughs> I'm going to say... Legends of Andor. Whoa! I really liked that one. Legends of Andor? Yeah. Nice and puzzly. It was and puzzly and it's got... It feels, know, it feels like it's like a just a, tr- a traditional sort of thematic game and it has a puzzle to it. Which is cool. You know, that's not completely dictated by die rolls, but, you know, they're, they are significant. But they're part of it. Yeah. Right. And and you could do, like, different missions and things, and you right. just kind of kept going and getting deeper into the whole thing. Right. And each each it mission got is, has went. revelations that come up during it, you know, and they... Uh, it's been so long since we played it, we're probably going to have to start over, practically, though. It's so cool. It this was, was really, really good. a good one. Yeah. That was one of, those, one of those ones where you and I played it together, and we played it five times in, like, one evening. And almost. it wasn't even on our 5 for 5. We, like, played no. one of our 5 for 5 games, played one game of this, and it was like, well, that's on our next 5 for 5 if we don't just go ahead and play we played, it. So we, we didn't play one game. We played one game, then we played two more games, and the next night we played three more games, and I said oh, we have so to stop fun. playing this because I know. we need to play other games. I know. 
we need to find a segment just down. for that game. So <laughs> anyhow, my that's my that's down. my number five. My number five, and this is funny because I had this for over a year because you had bought it for me for Christmas the year before, and I think that was the first time we played it. And this was this year was Mage Wars. That's the first time we played it was this year. Mm-hmm. We didn't play it the I last got, year. I got all the way to Christmas, and I said, "You still haven't played Mage Wars with me." If and it we, wasn't the week between Christmas and New Year's last year. I think it was like right after New Year's. <sighs> okay, I'll let you have it. You better, or I'll get it out and I'll beat you again. No, I don't want to play it right now. That's right, because I cleaned your clock five to zero. Shut up. Yes, champion of Mage Wars. <laughs> House champion. Okay, my four would be Edo. Edo. The Y-E-D-O one, not the other one. Not right. the E-D-O one. Right. Edo is a, uh, it's basically the Japanese version of uh, Lords of Waterdeep. No, not really. <laughs> That's how I thought of it. It didn't have the little cards with the missions. It was slightly more complex it was, than, than Yeah, Lords it was of a little different. It's, it's good, though. It's really good. Yeah. If you like Lords of Waterdeep and you want to take, like, what I think is just the natural next light step up to the next kind of level of, of that game, I'd go Edo. Yeah, it's a good one. It gives you a it's significantly different theme, and it plays... Worker placement. Right, and it plays just a little bit tougher. Yeah. Fun game. A lot more, uh, <clears throat> like, uh, images to figure out what they mean. Like, when you first open it up and look at the board, it's like, oh, my goodness, what is mm-hmm. all of this? Yeah. But it really, you learn it pretty quickly. Right. So, <clears throat> there you go. My number four, I had kickstarted in 2014, or 2013, oh, got it no. midway through 2014. Like 2014, sometime in the spring, I got my actual box and I got the rest of it all the way later at like October of 2014. I knew you were going to put this on And there. we didn't get until 2015 before I played it. And we played it with a five for five is when I could finally get you to play it. And they uh-huh. finally released the 2.0 rules. And of course, I'm talking about myth. myth. I love myth. I know you do. I think it's so cool. And I just got my 2.0 materials. And so all my cards just got switched out. I'm, I'm willing all to play it again with you sometime soon. <clears throat> Oh, I'm going to wait till the next Kickstarter comes in. I uh, thought you got like all the new stuff. What? There's another new thing you're buying with with it. Oh, baby, I got like so much more myth coming. Oh, you're going to be, I'm going to be able to. I'm serious. I'm going to be able to swim in it. We don't. We don't play it <laughs> enough. Stop. I want to play it enough. I know. But At least I can solo it. That's good. This is Gauntlet the game. I'm not kidding you. Gauntlet with a role playing aspect to it, and I mean it's so cool. You just. You're got, you end up with these, the, you want to feel like a superhero adventurer myth. I'm telling you. If you can understand the stupid book. Right. You just, you, you'll end up in the middle of 30 enemies and just, just, just demolish all of them and barely survive. That it's part's so kind of cool. cool. Yeah, that part is cool. <clears throat> and of course, then you have giant bosses. I don't know. I mean, you have to kickstart it to get a good value in it. It costs a lot of money other words, otherwise, but it's, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Myth is super cool. I still I still like it. I don't care if it had a bad book. I fought my way through the rules and enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, watched a few videos. <clears throat> Quite a few. That was Read one of my rare book. video ones. Read some watched some more videos. Yeah. Right. I know. I did all that for you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Myth it up. <laughs> okay, so my next one, I'm going to go with... Oh, Scoville. Really? I really like that yeah. one. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. That one I kind of bought on a whim, too. It was right. like I'd seen something about it. We took a trip to uh, Tucson, and I thought, well, hey, this is about hot peppers. We're in the desert. Okay. 
and I bought it. Right, and the idea was and to was play great. it while we were down there. We didn't play we didn't it until we got back. We didn't get to, yeah. Well, we were on vacation, and we were only there for a weekend. I, I like Scoville. Scoville's a nice, uh, it's it's a very mechanic game, mechanical game. It gives you a little bit of thought, you know, doesn't doesn't melt your brain. But it definitely is sort of a thinky game, you know. It's a thinky one, yeah. See how you go coffin. Huh? Sorry. The uh, it is it is a little bit thinky, and the good news about it is it only takes just a little over an hour to play. <clears throat> Maybe not even that. I don't know. It was really fast. Last time we shorter. played it with Matt and Brianna, we played it, and it was like maybe an hour. Yeah, and that was four, four players. players, so. And it played really smoothly, I'd like really to get easily. the expansion on that one, too. That was yeah. something I didn't get. Very sad. It, I don't know if it's out. I think it was still the kind expansion? of. expansion? Yeah. It was still it was. No, it was still sort of like in limbo as of Aww. the end of the year. I haven't checked again since oh, I didn't. like Christmas time, basically. I didn't look. Okay. <clears throat> My number three is Castles of Burgundy. I almost put that on my list. Oh, that's I, that has become my favorite Feld game. That one's really good. Of course, we have Aquasphere upstairs that we haven't, Which we haven't cracked played yet. Cellophane yet, but well, <clears throat> but we we've only had it a couple of weeks. Yeah, you got it. For I Christmas. got it for, Chris, for Christmas. And uh, Castles of Burgundy. I don't know what it is. To me, for some reason, Feld Feld does feel a lot like he's just throwing a bunch of you know bunch of different games on top of one game you know a bunch of different things you can do True. and you just sort of go wherever you want to make points and if you focus this direction other people have to focus a different direction and maybe you'll win you know man i saw like on instagram there was a picture of bora bora <coughs> yeah and i really like that game but just looking at that picture just reminded me how much is going on all the time in that game right there's just so much information to absorb right and that's one of the charms about that burgundy, burgundy. wasn't it's that not that wasn't as dense, dense. It was, I don't know, it was nice. But it's good. It's still mm-hmm. thinky and, and good. It's just, mm-hmm. like, you don't look at it and go, what the, what's going on, you know? Right, right. So my number three that I played in 2015 was Castles of Burgundy, my favorite Feld game. Okay. <clears throat> Where am I at now? I only have two more to go, but I got, like, four on the list. <laughs> <laughs> We're um, giving you your honorable mention. I know, mentions. I know. Okay, I'm going to go with Time's Up. Time's up. Yeah. Party we, game. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's... We've successfully played that a couple times. It's the most consistent laugh creator, I think, of any of the games we have right now. Yeah, but you have to have a good set of team. You have to have, like, at least six people, right. I would say, for that game to really be enjoyable. Right, and this game, truly, it wants a balanced room, so you have to have even numbers. It play. works better with even numbers. We right. played it with an odd number, but we had a lot of people, too. Right. I have heard it described as sort of fancy, what have you heard it? Fancy charades. You start with the traditional guessing game, and you end up doing charades. Yeah. And it seems to really get a lot of laughs, just like normal charades do, does. <clears throat> So, good choice. Time's up is good. (laughs) My uh, number two is Robinson Crusoe. We played that before this year. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. When? We played it in 2014, and it it didn't end up making it onto the podcast until 2015. But we played the game in like August or something. I forgot that we did so many. Oh man! Because we actually recorded like <laughs> six months before we actually started this whole podcast, and it was our very first one. All right, I'm cutting that one out. You're going to cut that one out. So it's not Robinson Crusoe. It is not Robinson. My number Crusoe. two is now what I was going to say. My honorable mention was. Aww. <clears throat> so just 
move everything up a notch, and now <laughs> new number five is... Wait, do I get... Well, okay, go ahead. My new number five is Russian Railroads. Man, that's on my list. That was one of my honorable mentions. Well, that's my number five. Okay, well, then I won't mention it. You don't get to. It's been honorable. Russian Railroads. Now, this is kind of funny because in Russian Railroads, we talked about it a lot. And I'm kind of going... <clears throat> I, I don't know. Russian Railroads had this feeling like... After like a couple games, I felt like there's no point in playing this game. It feels like there's only one strategy to win... And then both of us tried to exploit that strategy simultaneously, and it still felt like a fun game. Yeah. I still don't, like, honestly, there's, I still don't understand why you would ever try to do the Trans-Siberian Railroad to win. People say you can, but you have to kind of do it simultaneously with these other things and balance it really well. You know, which I never could find that balance in five games. You know? Yeah. But I still think it was a really good game. Well, they've come out, or they're coming out with an expansion for that one, too. That one's out already. Is it already? Right. The German railroads, Russian railroads? I think that's out already. German, Russian railroads, Russian, German. I think it's German railroads. Wait, it's just called German railroads, but you have to have Russian railroads? I don't think so. It's just its own game? Maybe. So it's a sequel? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Rather than an expansion? I think it's just called German railroads, and it's similar, but I don't think you need the original set. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, well, double check before you buy German railroads, <laughs> although I think it sounds really cool. Russian railroads, a nice, uh, I don't know, very, it's a very simple board and simple mechanics and plays to a, a real high level of, of thought during it. Yeah. I liked it. I did too. So, <clears throat> now that I've messed up my orders. Which one are we on now? <laughs> we're now at number one. Okay. Because now my number five is Russian Railroads, number four is Mage Wars, number three is Myth, number two is Castles of Burgundy, so we're left with number one, Nicole, for you. Well, what was my... Oh, Russian Railroads was my... my uh, yeah, I had another honorable mention, too. Uh, my number one, Legendary Alien. You cheated off of was my Was that paper. yours? Yes. I knew it! That high game... Five. That was a weak <laughs> high five. I know. I, you just... No! That was... Oh, gosh. <laughs> that kind of hurt. I know. I burned a little bit. That was a good one. Okay. So uh, <laughs> now that we've practiced high five five times about Legendary <laughs> Alien, uh, Legendary Alien was one of those games that, that took me by surprise because on a scale of 1 to 10, on uh, like Marvel Legendary, I would I would only give maybe a 7, you know? Yeah. It's good. Or, you know, it's it's Okay. It, it's, it's you know, it'd probably get like about a three out of five on our scale normally, okay? And a half. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, a three. Okay, <laughs> seriously. And Legendary Alien, when I got it, I was kind of going, well, it's a little different because you're not playing superheroes. So I kind of like to see how they have these Marines go with each other and stuff. And I don't know. I just kind of was think I wasn't expecting it to be but much better than a seven, but I was familiar with the other games. So I was like, well, maybe they mixed it up. And they, they really killed it. I love it. You know? Yeah. Because you and I played this so many times. Yeah. In, in a short amount of time. And we finally beat the first mission. But we played it. It was it had that same feeling to me as the first time you and I played Pandemic. Yeah, where you just where, don't want to put it down. You just right. want to keep playing and, and you playing. you get bit by this bug that says that you can beat this game. And it feels like it's in you know within reach. And you get so close. And you just feel like, I just got to reset it and try it again. We just uh-huh. got unlucky on this one spot. 
and and you play it again. And and the theme I think really comes through. And then even through. when you do win, you just want to play it again because then you want to go on to the next mission. Right. And the theme comes through really well. And the game has endless playability because you can just mix up the missions. You, yeah. know, you don't actually have to play them in this sequential order they give you. But it just, I don't know, man, it just. It's really well done. It's so good. I, yeah. I, I, that it's was my. It's very well balanced. Right. Like you could very easily win or lose on any game. It's just, it's good. Yeah. It's it's hands down my favorite game of of 2015 that we played. Like when some when when I when I proposed, what do you think your favorite game was in 2015? The only game that popped into my head instantly was Legendary Alien. Did it come out this year? Um, no, it came out end last of last year, year like yeah. fall of last year, and we, we just bought got it. To play it this year. <clears throat> we bought it like early this this year and yeah. played it. Totally worth you, it. If you're listening and want to know more about that game. <clears throat> We played it on one of our previous podcasts. If right. you haven't already listened to it, check it out. Now, and the bad thing is, is in our collection upstairs is Legendary Predator, and we haven't got around to it. No, you got that for like your birthday, too, in I August. Know. I know, you won't play my games. Oh, whatever. I'll just play. <laughs> okay, so then my, my last honorable mention. <clears throat> yeah. If you care. Barely. Terra Mystica. I thought for sure that would be in your five. You know, it almost was, but I just, I don't know. It's, I need to, I want to play it again. I right. really do. Yeah, I think it's a solid game. It's a solid game. I don't no. know. It was just something about those others. It, yeah. it's, oh, I know what it was. Theme. It was no, it was <laughs> it was on there, and then I went upstairs and looked through our collection and went, "Oh, Legends of Andor." No, that's it right there. Whoa! Kick, Kick Terra Mystica out. Kicked it. Get out of Andor, Terra Mystica. I know. <laughs> well, Can't there you go. Myself. Well, that's our top five of 2015. And thanks to everybody who uh, helped, helped contribute to that uh, peaked interest. Yeah. Appreciate that. More will be coming up on the uh, on the guilds soon enough, I'm sure. But, what, uh, questions? <clears throat> answers? Yeah. Both? Okay. Discussions. Right. Feel free to post. <clears throat> now, Nicole, uh, this week, speaking of aliens, legendary aliens, this week we played a, a sort of an alien movie simulator again. Yeah. Uh, it, but, and it's another deck building game, too. Yes. <laughs> now, it feels like we've done this already, because we have. So let's find out what about that. All these games have been Some of Monday's of extreme. We played a game like this. What about that? All right, Nicole. Um, yes, now, right. way back in episode seven, we talked about legendary encounters. Oh, hey, you even have it right <clears throat> here on the notes. See, I do some research here and there. We researched our stuff. Of that's, course, I'm so interested that's awesome. in me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, we talked about Legendary Encounters Aliens, and we discussed the Alien movie franchise on the What About That on that episode. Yes. Now, this week's so we're not game, gonna do that. Xeno Shift, is nearly the same theme. Yeah. Okay? How do we get ourselves into this? What? Playing the same game, basically. Well, not the same game. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This Same theme. I can't believe you'd say that. Anyways, (laughs) however, uh, where the legendary game focuses on plot points and goals that lead into each other, this game plays a lot more just like a tower defense deck builder. Yes. So I thought we would discuss tower defense games. Okay. What's a tower defense game, Nicole? Why don't you tell me about it? What is one? I don't know. Okay, well, a tower defense game, at its the core idea of it is, as the tower defense is... You defend your you tower. You have, like, a tower in the middle of an area, and a bunch of enemies march towards it. Castle Panic. <coughs> Castle Panic? 
That's tower defense. You're defending your castle. Correct. Correct. See? I know things. <clears throat> but these started out as video games. This genre, I don't oh. think that existed in like in board games. Rampart? <clears throat> now, this is what's funny. <laughs> it started out as a video game, and we have some of them. This the one internet, did? yes. Xenoshift? No, tower defense games did. Oh. Okay. Now, the internet <laughs> actually it. says Rampart is considered the first tower defense game. Yeah. That is 1990 Atari. Now. It was on Atari? Yeah, Atari made it. Oh, okay. Okay, but I think. What I thought right after that was, what about Space Invaders? That's not a tower defense. There's enemies marching towards your bases, and you destroy enemies from before they get to your base. What about Missile Command? Maybe. Those are tower defense games. You're defending your bases against these creatures that are coming at them. But they're not towers. And you're just defending <laughs> your spaceship. <laughs> As it goes back and forth and tries not to get, but in Rampart up. you can move and move your tower around to other buildings and stuff. You weren't locked into one building. Once you said it, there you were. No the you, round. No, you could, but you could build into other towers and they could destroy the original one, and it didn't matter. Huh? It's true. Okay, I I'm believe. telling you. All right. <clears throat> uh, and also, Warlords by Atari was it a tower defense game? I don't remember playing that one. Warlords had uh, four corners, and you had these little towers in each of the four corners. It was a four-player game, and you had a little shield. It was like a glorified Pong, but you had a little shield that would defend this little, like, bullet that bounced around the room from hitting your tower. Huh. And it was like four-player tower defense Pong. Okay, so by that definition, would you say combat? No, that's you shoot the other person. That's different. Then what's different about that from Space Invaders? Because you, because your towers, like, well, I guess Space Invaders. You didn't have towers. They could blow up those little <laughs> right. things okay. that were blocking. I will rescind Space Invaders, but Thank I you. but Missile Command stands. That's fine. So there, because Missile Command, all you did was play a crosshair on the screen, and your towers were on the bottom of it. Oh, okay, yeah. So there. Okay. Missile Command way preceded Rampart. Argument closed. I didn't open it. <laughs> I just see, said not Space uh, Invaders. There's current video games that include plant, like uh, like Plants vs. Zombies is a tower defense game. Yeah, you're you defending your house. And you're defending against them. Uh, what's that one that we play on uh, <clears throat> on the iPad that's like that has like upgradable heroes and all that stuff? What is that one? I don't know. Yeah, you've played it more than me. <clears throat> I don't know what it's called. Okay. I took it off. Oh, Nicole. I got bored. Now, there's a whole bunch of these out right now. Tower defense games are like a dime a dozen. That's why I got bored. Oh, Nicole. Like the <laughs> Clash of Clans? Is that a tower defense game? Well, kind of, yeah. You're defending your little clan against right. the people invading you. Right. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. I deleted that, too. I got bored. Okay. Skylar was mad. Was he? Mad. he was disappointed. Wasn't he in your clan? Well, he was, and then <laughs> I wasn't fighting anybody, and I left because, like, they were too powerful, and right. I was, like, still trying to, you know, beef up my little town, mm-hmm. and I got bored. Yeah. So I deleted it. Okay. Well, board games uh, that include this this theme before this include, like you said, Castle Panic. Um, that's specifically a tower defense because if your tower falls, you're done. Yeah, that's the end. Right. Also, Defenders of the Realm. You have a bunch of armies all marching towards your center tower, and if they touch your center tower, you're done. Oh, okay. So that's a tower defense game as well. So it's not like this one's like really rare to have a tower defense game, but this one is a, the only deck builder one that I know of right now. 
Huh. That's a tower defense. And in <coughs> in movies, the tower defense genre is countless. Okay? Like movies like Aliens, for instance, the second Alien movie is a tower defense game. Or tower defense movie. Because they're defending a medical bay in the middle of a base that's overrun with aliens and the aliens are basically marching into them. Okay, so like all of the Night of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead. Right. Those movies. Those are all tower defense movies. Okay. Army of oh, Darkness. Oh, you put that on there. See, right. I, I gotta read your notes. <laughs> army I of Darkness is a tower defense game too. They're in a castle and the army of the dead surrounds the castle. Okay, well what about <laughs> just uh, Evil Dead? Um, they're coming into that cabin. Kind of. It's not it's really kind defending of it, though. There. Yeah, they're kind of already in there. You're right. And they don't care if the cabin goes away. They just okay, assume Okay, what about in Cabin in the Woods, leave. then? No, I'm just kidding No, they tried to leave again, too. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, but the thing is about tower defense uh, is it's, it's, it's exciting. It is. It's just, it's built in that the idea of, because this is the thing, it, it always seems like the, the rule of war is it's easier to supersede your gun with a bigger gun, but it's harder to stop the, the guns from hurting you like like defensive armor and stuff never equals the offensive capabilities of whoever's shooting at you okay like you might be able to stop a bullet with a bulletproof vest but you can't cover your entire face with a bulletproof vest and it just becomes this this weird thing where oh well then i can use a tank shell against <laughs> your bulletproof vest and your bulletproof <laughs> vest doesn't help so defense is always sort of a stressful thing and and the thing is about it is is because of that it's always going to be interesting to see how it turns out and see if someone can defend well enough because it never seems like you can. Yeah. And that's why I think that tower defense games and stories are probably here to stay. Well, probably. <clears throat> right, because it's just a natural builder of tension. It truly is. And in one, uh, Because things just get closer and closer. Right. So, Nicole, I think it's about time to find out if our defenses hold in this episode's game, Xeno Shift. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. All right. One thing. So the Xenos are at the door, Nicole. And let's find out what we can do about them. Xeno shift. Now, that is one word starting with an X that replaces its I with a Y. So make sure you know all that when you decide to look this up. What does that even mean? Just spell it. <laughs> Why? X-E-N-O-S-H-Y-F-T. Right. So when, makes it easier. I, I have to clarify that because when you look stuff up on Board Game Geek, if it's not spelled absolutely, their search engine will fail. Huh. This is a deck building tower defense game, and I've already said what a tower defense game is. A deck building game is one where all players start out with similar decks of cards that they add to by playing cards that generate an allowance. In this case, case Xeno Satham. That is used to purchase cards from a stack on the table. Thus, each player begins the, with the, begins the same and customizes their deck into a unique one by the end of the game. The tower defense part of the game is contained in the divisions or locations that each player protects. 
Each of nine rounds, four Xenos will attack each division, and it will be the player's job to staff and equip the defense, a defense force to repel them. Something else about the divisions, they each have their own special items and then add a couple of upgraded cards to the player decks at the start. Also, each division has their own three unique powers that change with each of three waves. <clears throat> Players simultaneously purchase and deploy troops and gear, and then take turns flipping over four Xeno cards and working out the results of the combat. Each round of a player kills the Xenos. <clears throat> Great, the base is secure. However, if a Xeno remains, it delivers an attack to the base uh, to the base's hit points beyond the the division, which is thirty, <clears throat> uh, before being repelled. Do this nine times, and maybe breakfast will not be you. All right, Nicole. <clears throat> and Xeno is just like a fancy word for alien, right? Yes. I like think in this case, they, in this Greek? case, they call them like hive, the hive. Well, they're always there's always <laughs> hive. I don't know what it is about space creatures, but they always think they're going to be like some sort of hive mind creature. Just come in, take us out. <laughs> kind of. A lot of times, like that's how they play out. Yeah. But I don't. I don't get that sense about the aliens and alien. Well, I get that sense about the aliens and like Independence Day. They were. Uh huh. Right. I'm just saying it happens all the time. <clears throat> and also, the aliens in uh, Starship Troopers were kind of like that too. They were just big giant locusts. They were cool. They were kind of fun. All right, but this is another cooperative game, and uh, this one's quite a bit different than the others. I really think we should just get the game started, okay? Okay. Technically, you'll always have at least one little Xeno dollar. Xeno Satham. <laughs> Transporter Where do they 5. Get these names? Starring Xeno Satham. <laughs> no? Where do they get these names? I don't know. I was thinking Jason Statham. Oh. <laughs> Transporter 5. That might already be out. <laughs> that might already be out. I don't know. <laughs> so I've got three stink bucks, bug bucks, Xeno oh. Sathams. Okay. Xbox. Uh, Can we call them Xbox? No. Oh. That's terrible. Microsoft copyright. That's Xbox. <laughs> That's close enough. <laughs> and they make you buy credits. Well, now they don't. No. Nope. So it doesn't matter. If you came out with something for your television and video game system and called it Xbox. <laughs> Well, this is before the TV. <laughs> You're going to be taken to I'm, court. I'm calling them Xbox. <laughs> do, do, do. Well, people, of course. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Okay, that's enough. Copyright. Do, 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 do. What? Make up some lyrics so it doesn't sound like it's theirs. <laughs> Going to. Do, do. Going to jail. <laughs> 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 Did anybody ever get sent to jail on that? You, that I don't it's know. not that kind of thing. It's always like small claims court, isn't it? I don't know. I know you owe him I $50. Judge Wapner was on there, and all I ever thought about was war games. Because of the Why? Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> judge Whopper. Shall we play a game? <laughs> I always thought of a burger. <laughs> Really? Yeah. You were like Judge Hamburger. No, not Wapner. Whopper the. I know. Presiding over the People's Court, Mayor McCheese. That is not even close to what I was talking about. You just like ruined everything. It's your turn. Is it? I don't know. Who goes first? Well, I've got three space bucks. And. uh... (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, I could buy a lot of stuff for three bucks. I could buy a medbot 
What does a med bot do, Nicole? I'm sure it heals you. You can't. Oh, yeah, you can. This is the riveting part of this. Deploy this card as as you would a troop. If this troop ever suffers damage, it is immediately killed. All troops in the lane gain plus two hit points. That is freaking sweet. Okay. I'm buying that because I use my medical. So I use hand. my med bay to reduce the cost of this by one. And I spend all three of my Xeno Sathams. So my hand is, is complete. Okay. Okay? All right. My breakfast is complete. So with toast. Now I do my buy thing? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I have four dollars and I don't care what it does. I'm buying a chainsaw. It's ridiculous. Look at this thing. It's awesome. That is ridiculous. Once per round, the equipped troop may deal any damage exceeding the enemy's hit points to the next enemy in lane <coughs> in lane this combat. What? What did you say? In lane this combat? <laughs> I know. That's what. What does that mean? I don't know. Let me read it myself. Oh God! You can stutter through anything. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Once per round, the equipped troop may deal any damage exceeding the enemy's hit points to the next enemy in line. This combat. That's what it. Does meant. it say line? No, it meant to say line. <laughs> in lane. <laughs> it says lane. I know. This is a lane. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Just do it. All right. So I have to spend three, and I have one left. Can I do anything with that one? Um, Can I buy more than one thing? Yeah. Really? As much okay. as you and want. And then they just go to my discard. Right. So I can buy one more thing. What about those scout drones? I'm going to buy scout drones. Why not? Wow. They look... They go into your hand, too. I'm going into my hand. Okay, so that goes away. <laughs> right. um, and what do they do? Scout drones cost one. Right. This card may be played in response to reveal effects. Oh, wait. I get a discount, so it didn't even cost me one. Oh, minimum of one. Never mind. That's right. Is it a minimum? Gee, yes. Minimum of one. Okay, never mind. Um, <clears throat> let me read that again, then. This card may be played in response to reveal effects. Switch the positions of two troops in one lane. All right, so I know that seems like a uh, a long clip, but that really does kind of give a good feel for uh, <clears throat> how it is to play this game. And you can hear that each turn starts off with us generating Jason Statham's and then <laughs> <laughs> and then buying cards. Uh, you'll notice that both of us reference a discount in this clip. Uh, that's that's that power that each division has. And these are, they have a symbol associated with them. And like, for instance, I was in the medical one and it actually shows a little syringe or something like that on, on the, on, no, it was a little uh, microscope, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> and it, and it, that meant that those cards were the ones that I could get this discount applied once per turn. And it got me like basically healing stuff and, and things like that. Um, <clears throat> so also note that uh, when you purchase a, cat, a card in this game, it goes directly into your hand. I thought that was like the <clears throat> coolest right. thing. And the reason that's important is because if you've played a lot of these uh, deck building games, nine out of ten of them, the card goes directly to your discard pile to be shuffled to back into your time. hand next time you magically draw it. Yeah. So this was really cool that you could buy something you needed right away and put it right into your hand. So let's get a little bit deeper into the game with the first fight. So we're now done with our recruitment. We have... <laughs> acquired our Zatham. We got our six cards. Our we bought what? a Zeo Zatham. Oh, okay. Our Xbox. Our uh, we Space deployed box. enemy cards and deployed our troops and items. So now we flip the first item over. We do this one at a time. Did you want to start? Remember, you can play stuff on other people, too. So Say, What am I doing? 
You have to start flipping over the enemy cards. Oh, okay. Just, just so, start. All right. There's ooh, a worm host. Okay. If this enemy kills a troop, discard any equipment on that troop. Heal it to full and place it at the end of the enemy lane. It becomes an enemy until killed. Right. Now, he has he does instant... Like, here's the thing. Combat occurs simultaneously. Okay. So, right now, you're going to die. Oh. Unless you play... You could play your little, your little gonna, high X out of your hand I'm and blow him I'm going to. Okay. Because he seems like he sucks a lot. Right. Okay, so I instant him. <clears throat> so he goes away. Your worm thing goes to your discard pile. Just hand that to the me. The worm does? Your, no, your, your little Oh, my grenade, grenade goes to the yep. discard? It's goes not the like pile. expended? Cause it's, no, it just goes to the discard pile. It's a reusable grenade. Right. That's dumb. It's a resource you have for being in the science lab. Okay, so I make a new one is what okay, we're going to say. Okay, that's, that's fine. Okay. Whatever makes that'll you feel allow. better. So now you slide your stuff in. Okay. And then do you kill a guy? Let me d- double do check. I, I, don't, I think I thought it said that we pick a player and they resolve their entire combat thing. Well, I thought they sl- slid at the end. Combat is done one at a time for each. During round one, select one player as decided by the players to complete their combat phase first. Oh. Once okay. that player's completed their combat phase, the player to the left will begin their combat phase, continuing until all of them have been completed. Okay. Each round, the first player will complete their combat phase. There will be a player... To the left, who whom started the last round. The combat phase is made up of its own step. Once all of them have completed their combat phases, if the base still has one hit point, you continue. So you keep going. Oh, okay. <coughs> well, then I have a swarmer. Okay. The first time this enemy attacks each round, it deals a damage before troops attack. Oh, so it's going to kill you. With my guy? Yes. So it attacks first. He, so he's just dead. Unless you use an, a grenade or something I don't like have, that. Well, I don't on. have a grenade. I have my scout drones. See, and I won't be able to save you because you only have one hit point. I could add two hit points to you, but it won't do any good. Yeah, the only thing I could do would be switch the position of two troops in one lane. So I could switch these two so it takes right. out this guy instead of that, instead of the one that's armed. Right. But that doesn't seem to be mattering much. But you would kill him. Well, no, you wouldn't because he would take you out first. And then you would both attack simultaneously and be destroyed anyways. Oh, well, then that's stupid. Well, you can do it. Well, I could switch him with a different one. Who? It does it to the enemies? I could, it just says switch the positions of two, oh, two troops in one lane. Right. So you can switch your two troops. Go ahead and do it. Well, it's, what's the it's, point? Because then you'll actually kill him. Right now you're not going to kill him, I don't think. Okay, so oh I no, see. you would, you would. How would but, I? But the difference is, is that you'll do an extra point of damage to the next guy. Why? Because of your chainsaw trans- does that. No, he's he's going to end up being taken out anyway. Not if you switch his position with the other guy. Okay, if I play my drone, okay. played, switch these positions. Right. Okay, so this guy automatically gets taken out because this deals its damage before they attack on the first round. Right. This is the first round. Right. The next one he doesn't. The first round uh, after he's revealed, he does that. Okay, so that guy gets put gets in your discard, out. But now that guy moves and up, and you attack the second time, and you deal damage simultaneous. Okay. He gets taken out, and you do one point of damage to the next guy, because your chainsaw goes over to the next guy. It does. Yes. That's weird. That's what it said to do. Okay, so he goes out. Yes. And the next guy comes in. Right. As the charger. Right. And he has with, one point he of has, damage. Okay. But Which, your guy's, that would take your guy's dead, though. 
Right. So he was taken out right off the bat. Just because I had a chainsaw. Right. So he goes away. The enemy deals any damage exceeding a troop's HP to the next troop in lane. Right. Doesn't matter. He's dead already. So okay, get rid of him. Okay, so it. he's out. Well, why do, I, why do I need that chip then? I didn't know how many hit points he had. Okay, so Charger's out. Now okay. I still have this one guy right, left. Right, so you flip him over and that's how much damage the base takes. Two. Two damage. Okay. So we're at 28. Okay, so that's another long clip, but it's really descriptive, and you can really hear the cooperative nature of the game coming through in this one. Also, you get to hear the use of an instant card. And the reason instant cards are important is because they happen before the fight between your troop and the Xeno occurs. And the reason is because all the fights, once they occur, happen simultaneously. So both the Xeno and the troop will hit take damage, and survive or die. There's no dice in this game. So if you do three damage and have two armor and you fight a Xeno that does three damage and has four armor, your troop dies and does three damage while taking three damage that kills him. So your guy's going to die and the Xeno will be left with one armor. Right. So it's, it's, it's very, like, just methodical like that, that there's no... There's no randomness to the fights. You're you're trying to figure out what's the best guy to put with the against this enemy at that time. So and we, you can hear it. It gets a little confusing because we you can move positions of guys. We had some stuff that was allowing you to move this guy from the front to the back and and make it so that he attacks this other guy because this other guy's sort of like you know just you know fodder or whatever to the to the guy we need to move out of the way so he doesn't die. So you can kind of hear all that kind of strategizing happening happening at the, you know real time while we're playing it. Uh-huh. So let's see how my first fight goes. So the first thing that happens is a shield swarm comes out. Reveal effect. Place this enemy at the end of the enemy lane while all, while in the lane. Reduce damage, but to all other enemies by one. Wow. That blows. That does. I have no way to stop that from happening. I have no direct. Effect. So the next thing that pops out is a swarmer. The first time this enemy attacks each round, it deals damage before the troops attack. So he takes out the first guy immediately. So I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a med pack down. So this guy actually has two because of my med bot plus the next two damage he, he gets uh, get reduced. So he's only taken one point of damage of the three he has available. Okay. Okay. So then he attacks again, and they both dis- uh, they both destroy each other. So the swarmer goes away. Well, no. What yeah, no? yeah, that's right. He because he did two points of damage, so he did actually do just one enough because this guy was giving him a bonus. Right. I was just trying to keep. Oh, that, but that guy was taking one away. That's why I just. That's why I just tracked. Okay. So the next oh thing God. is we move up. Okay, this guy says it deals da- if this kills a troop or deals damage to the base, the next time you would draw a card, you draw one less card. Okay, he's not going to be able to kill me this turn, but he is going to kill another on the second turn. So What's he I, called? He's called a drone. Okay. So I do one point of damage to him. He does two points of damage to me. Okay, I'm still at one hit point. So then I do one point of damage to him. He does uh, <coughs> he does two points of damage to me and kills me, which if he kills an enemy troop or deals damage to the base, I will draw one less card. So I only get five cards next turn. Okay? Okay. Let's shift up again. I'm not going to win this battle, just so you know. The next guy is a leech. 
Each time this enemy kills a troop, it gets plus two power this round. Ugh. I'm doomed, by the way. So he does one point of damage to me, and I do one point to him. I do... Yeah, and we're going to do this three times, and I'm going to kill him. I'm going to basically just kill him is all I'm going to do. Because if I do it three times, I kill him, and he's going to have to do his three times because he only does one point of damage to kill me because I have three hit points. So we both die at the same time. Okay. Okay. And now I'm down to and the shield swarm. And that's him having the extra point? The reducing point, yes. <clears throat> um, so place this... Okay, so then this guy gets to attack my med bot. He destroys it automatically. And the base takes one point of damage from me. Okay? Okay. Okay, so the good news is that we just made it out of round one, and we only took three points of damage to the base. That is good news. <clears throat> now, given that there's only nine actual rounds in this game, we're going to win the game. We're on track to win the game. I know. Are you excited? Awesome. We're awesome. <laughs> we <laughs> Are we now? Yes, we are. So let's just really quickly get back into it and see how the next buy phase goes. Now, I wonder about these militia, if I can add like a whole bunch of them. You know? I don't know what you mean. <clears throat> well, these militia cards have a zero Xenosathum cost. And I'm assuming that means I can just acquire as many as I want. So I could fill out my spaces every turn if I wanted to. Like you could have filled out the rest of your spaces if you wanted to. Could you? It says zero. Rule check. Well, no, I mean, there's no... There's no... There's no talking about those cards. I'm telling you. That's weird. This is what it says. Well, look at the buy phase. Does it say just one card? Is that what the problem is? No, you can buy as many as you want. It specifies that. Well, then how can there be zero cost? It's just weird. I don't know. Because it clogs up your deck. That's why you, at the end of the second turn, you get to start killing them off. Mm. You know? I bet yeah. it is. So I should have had two more and killed that guy instead of taking Probably, damage? Probably. I don't know. Thanks for killing me? I don't know. Okay. It seems like that's what it is. All right. Okay, so I've got three Xenosathan. What do you got? So I got we, you get one more, too. Oh, sorry. And you got to move the bottle cap. Why don't they provide you a marker? Because they said, you can use one of the blue markers. And I'm like, that's not special. <laughs> I'll use a bottle cap. <laughs> Anybody cool would. I agree with myself. Anybody cool would use a bottle cap. <laughs> Why not? So uh, here, this is a problem. Uh, I checked the FAQ for this game online and found out that we've messed this rule up. Oh, no. <clears throat> now, apparently... It did like a rule check song and everything. Apparently, the militia have a space on the board. It's like some of these spaces on the board, they're gridded off and they, they have a certain picture on them. And then there's a whole bunch of equipment cards that get randomized in every time you play. But the troops are the same every single game. There's no randomized troops. You get right. the same, you know, nine basic troops or whatever they are every single time. And one of the spaces is the militia. Okay. And the militia say they have a zero cost. So... I thought for cer for certain that you'd be able to buy them. Well, I guess the game designers decided when they have a zero cost, that means you can't buy them. But they don't say that in the rules. They that never say anywhere sense. in the entire rule book that you cannot buy militia. So how do you get them? <clears throat> Why are there more? Well, 
according to what I found online, there's a certain card called the Barracks or something like that that can add militia to your field. <clears throat> I think it's like one of the one of the divisions is called the Barracks, and it can give you give you like militia cards into your hand or whatever. Huh. But they're not available for sale other than that. So okay, though it's then... not mentioned in the book, we actually messed up. Well, they shouldn't put a zero <clears throat> on it then. It should have like an asterisk or something. Right. I think it should just be an extra card that gets put out, you know, only if this barracks and you shouldn't have a space yeah. on the board for it to be there every game, if the, even if the barracks isn't there. Exactly. So that messed us up and I've checked the facts and sure enough, we're not, we were wrong. <laughs> Well, fiddly dee. So all of our buy phase for the rest of this game is messed up. Well, at least we were consistent. So let's get to round two and see how this goes. Four more bad guys okay. on our fields. One guy. Two guy. Three guy. Four guy. Four guy. I feel bad for him. <laughs> All right, Cole. You go first this time. I guess I better. Okay. <clears throat> okay. The first thing to come across is a corpse eater. That sounds when awful. the Xenosatham began to run dry, they evolved to find other food sources. Ew. Uh, the first time this enemy would be killed, instead, place it at the end of the enemy lane and heal it to one yinking hit point. Okay, wait, wait, wait. He used to eat like little crystals. Yes, that's that's what these things did. Is they that's the storyline. They ate little crystals. They ate the xenosatum, which is also what they used. Technically, you use this to build these. So don't. And then when it started to run out, instead of eating like oh I don't know other rocks or crystals, it decided to eat corpses. I don't know. Okay, I'm not reading fiction here with you today. I'm just confused I'm by this whole story. You. I find plot holes in this. <clears throat> I'm trying to take my turn. Why don't we talk about it on your turn? Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so I went through the, I went back to the book expecting some big paragraph or a page of fiction that I could reference and go, this is exactly how it works. It is not like that at all. In fact, they split what would be maybe a page of fiction up into these little like windows that are sort of dispersed throughout the entire book. <clears throat> and I went through for you, Nicole. Thank you. And I read every one of those, and this is the explanation I have for the storyline of okay. this game, based on all of these little plot windows. Yeah, you know, when you <clears throat> tell me stories, I fall asleep, so <clears throat> all right, wake me up at the end. <laughs> this The hive, which is this collection of insect creatures, is believed to have once been simple insect species that became exposed to Xenosatham. Okay? The exposure like it's led... nuclear? It's got some sort of it's power. Like radioactive? To it. Yes, let's just say that. Okay. <clears throat> the exposure led to an addiction to it. And they talk about Xenosatham addiction. So it's like crack? That's probably what it's like. Okay. Uh, and then once you're addicted, you start consuming it. Once you consume it, you get you be you take on mutations, and so their primary diet is never really described as crystals exclusive. It just became that for a while until they ran out of crystals, and now they're after whatever they can eat. But they're giant mutant bugs at this point. That eat crystals. 
They have eaten See, crystals. I wouldn't think like corpses would be, you know, crunchy enough. They are. I guess the bones, maybe. Right. right. Oh no! Doesn't seem very. <laughs> That's the story, okay? That's just weird. Well, the plot's about. Well, the fight's about to get way worse. So enough of the plot. <laughs> Let's get back to it. Okay. This is a bile roach. Now, this is a boss. This is that's designated by this little biohazard symbol nice. in the upper right corner. Bile roach. Each time this enemy kills a troop, burn that troop, and then deal the base two damage. Now, he does three points of damage. Wow. And he's going to kill my guy no matter what. Okay? Okay. That's the bad news. Yeah. I can't do anything about it because I I can I can make it so he only does one hit point of damage, but I won't be able to save my guy. Can I play my guys on your stuff? You can play your instance on my stuff if you wanted to play a high tech high high X grenade. How or much damage? He has four hit points. He's well, going to destroy me almost no matter well, what. Well, just do a grenade on him then. Okay, so I get this grenade into my pile. You play the high X grenade on him, which means it's now officially my high X. You know that, right? I know. Okay. You said it's cooperative. <laughs> it is. Okay, so you play a high X grenade on this, and it does three points of damage to this big jerk, the yeah. bile roach. Is that what he sounds like? Oh. I don't know. He has three points of damage, and he's going to do three back to me. I only have one hit point. Well, don't you do Well, I'll do damage, damage to, to him, too? so he's still going to do two, to- two points of damage to the base, and there's nothing I can do about right. it. Right. But that's do, all he's going to do, and right. then he's going to die. Otherwise, right. he was going to, like, hang out. And right. So the bile roach dies. It does two points of damage to the base, which is awful. And your dude goes away. And, and my you guy. stole my grenade. I didn't steal. It was given. It was a gift. <laughs> okay. Moving up. <clears throat> so these bosses are randomized into each wave. Now, the game is broken up into three turn sections that are called waves. And each wave has its own unique pile of enemy cards. And each wave gets, you know, harder as they go. Yeah. But each wave also has a potential for one of two bosses to be added to it. You you randomize the bosses, which is just like, you know, trying to shuffle two cards, which is always awkward. (laughs) And you put one in there and then you shuffle the boss in and you may or may not come across it before the end of the wave because you don't run out of cards during the wave. Right. Now, each wave is made up of mostly, like, probably maybe three or four different types, maybe maybe even five different types of enemies that are in there and one boss card. So these bosses are pretty significant when they come out. And, of course, we would hit one. <clears throat> of course. And the Bile Roach uh, had a burn effect, and burn in this game does mean removed from the game. So whatever he kills gets removed from the game. Gets put, like, back in the box lid. It doesn't go back on the table in one of the piles. It's It's gone. And also in this clip, you actually hear the first time we're being cooperative with each other and me trying to be very clear that when you're cooperative in this game, when you play a grenade or when you play a first aid pack on someone else or something like that, that card actually goes into the other player's deck. Yeah. It goes into their their little like, like line because you line these cards up from the center out. You know, four, you know, up to four troops of yours and four enemy cards, and you flip them from the center out of these two little boards. And this will actually basically enter the board on one of those spaces or, or apply to one of those things and go directly to that person's discard pile. So you've given the card away. It doesn't come back. You needed it. <clears throat> I know. It, it's really cool. And you gave up one of your grenades. I which, did. Which, For you know, you. still proud of you. <laughs> now, <clears throat> my fight continues now. But Nicole's criticism begins again. 
shirt. And the next thing that comes out is the shield swarm guy who moves to the back. Oh, jeez. Okay, so now I've got a reduced damage, but this guy only has one hit point. He does one hit point of damage to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I kill him because he can only reduce me once. Okay. This is Dead. not bad. Okay, so then the shield swarm guy comes up. He has two hit points of damage. He doesn't reduce... Oh, he does say all all enemies. That includes him, doesn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. So I'm going to do one point of damage to him. He's going to kill my guy. Yep. So Ranger goes away, but I still have one militia left. Okay. Kill him. And the militia okay, does uh, one point of damage to him, and he does one point of damage back, and it kills him. Good. So Dead. I barely... Get out by the skin of my teeth, thanks to Nicole's high X grenade. I really don't like that term. High X? No. Skin of your teeth. Well, don't you have skin on your teeth? It's disgusting. My my teeth actually tan in the summertime. Gross. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't understand it. It's a weird, weird phrase. <clears throat> I don't have my phone to look up where skin of my teeth came from. <laughs> I like the song by Megadeth, Skin of My Teeth. They have a song? Yep. How's it go? He's like, uh, no escaping pain. You belong to me. Clinging on to life by the skin of my teeth. Oh, I think you've sang that to me before. Right. I love Megadeth. <laughs> you couldn't tell. <laughs> now, as for the phrase, I didn't have my phone on me that day, but I do have a computer upstairs. And while I was writing this episode, I was able to look up where skin of my teeth comes from. First awesome. appearing in the Geneva Bible, and again in King's James Bible, in the book of Job, 1920, the quote is, My bone cleaveth to my skin and to my flesh, and I am escaped with the skin of my teeth. Since no skin was ever perceivable on your teeth, if it, if it was uh, <coughs> there, it would, and if it was there, it would be very slight. So, therefore, the phrase simply means, by the smallest of margins. Well, I knew what it meant. I'm just telling it's you. It's not tough to decipher. I'm just clarifying it for all the listeners, it's too. It's such who a might strange term, though. Not so. like skin of my teeth, either. I don't like it. <laughs> Do you like it any less right now? No, now I feel like I need to go brush my teeth. Really? You got a little skin on them? It's feeling kind of fuzzy. <laughs> it right. is the end of the day. All right, back to the game. Got a pretty thick deck already. I know. It's dense. Yeah. Nice big deck. You know, kind you can cook on. What? A nice big deck. Like a barbecue? Yeah. Yeah, okay. What? <laughs> Sunbathe on it. <laughs> you know, play shuffleboard on it. That's a big deck. Shuffleboard. <laughs> That's a ship deck. Yeah. Right? That's a game. Here's a deck builder game I'm not going to get. Deck building the deck builder game. Really? You want that? I just thought it sounded fun. Shame on you. Well, I didn't think it sounded amazing. Sorry, I thought it I, sounded... I liked the gimmick. Was I not clear when I shamed you just now? <laughs> okay. Oh, I kind of want to play it. I, I mean, get to draw six cards. I'm excited enough. about this. Okay. Well, hurry up and do it. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. You're like, I thought you said six. I, I already had one. I know. I could see that. Uh, no, no, nobody listening could. <laughs> well, they should pay more attention. They should not. All right. <laughs> Okay, crappy deck jokes aside, our decks would be much slimmer had we not missed the militia rule from the online clarification. That was your fault. I know. You learned how to play this game. Well, I thought I had, (laughs) you know? You love to teach me wrong. When when you read the book and and it doesn't say... (laughs) Yeah, that is is a little 
It does kind of, it does fall a little bit under the title of if it doesn't say you can't do it, it doesn't mean that you can. It does fall under that rule. Yeah, but by logic, logic says if it right. says zero cost, then it has All a of cost the cards of zero. Out there are Not for that purchase. you can't buy it. I can buy any of the the Xenosathum cards. That's I can why buy any of the true cards. You put an asterisk. If there if there's if there's an exception to a generalized right. commonly known rule, you put a little asterisk. <clears throat> right. Now, our base is sitting in the mid to high 20s as I continue into round three. We slide this up. And the next thing is a worm host. Ew. Uh, it says, this is, this is the flavor text. I remember when the death was the, was death. <laughs> Let me start over. Yeah, please. I remember when death was the worst of our problems. That's not even very cool. If this enemy kills a troop, <laughs> discard any equipment on that troop. Heal it to full and place it at the end of the enemy lane. It becomes the enemy until killed. Ooh. What? If he kills an enemy troop, which he will, mm-hmm. it, this troop gets put at the end at the end of the enemy lane until killed. It's part of the enemies. So then you have to kill your own guy? Right. Well, do you want to switch it with a militia? Well, I'll, I'll do that right now. With my scout drones, I switch it with a militia. Okay. Okay. And then he kills him, but he dies too. <clears throat> he goes to the back of the line. Okay. And then this goes up to here. Well, so the smokers, the smokers. Okay. So these smokers, this guy moves up and this guy moves up. And I'm pretty much not going to beat all these guys. Because the next thing that happens is this guy does three points of damage and takes my guy out. And this guy gets taken out by that guy. And then this guy takes out my med bot. And that's the end of it. I take two points of damage because he's an enemy. The base does? Yeah, the base okay. takes two points of damage. Because of your own militia attacking you. Right, because right. he got worm hosted. That's gross. So this is down to 21. Okay. <clears throat> and we move up to wave four. All right. All right, so we're down to 21, and we're hanging in there. And I need to mention that every turn, at the start of your turn, you get a free Xenosathum card. Now, Xenosathums are put into three denominations. They are one, threes, and is it sixes? I don't know. We never got to (laughs) read. Don't don't give it away. I'm not giving it away. So it's one, threes, and sixes. And, you know, so one card will be worth one in the first phase, and you start getting these free cards. So the second turn begins, and you get... A, or the, the second three phases you get gives you two Xenosathum per turn, like a card that does two. And it also allows you an additional effect <clears throat> where you can uh, get them down. You can you can trade in some of your ones. Right. To, to get one three Xenosathum card. Not Instead two, of I mean, three one Xenosathum card. Right. right. <clears throat> so uh, also, this is, so wave four, when we hit wave four, we're opening up. The level three, or the, the three Xenosathum cards, we're opening up a wave of new troops to uh, come out that are not that are not available for purchase until wave four. And uh, we also get a new power for our base, and that all of this is to meet the challenge of the wave two deck. So let's check this out. want to buy do I want to buy a stormtrooper or do I want to buy I can buy a field it's called a stormtrooper yeah copyright is that allowed I don't know once per round this troop may prevent up to two damage a troop would suffer 
This may be done in response to reveal effects. I kind of want this. They could have at least called him a storming trooper. All right, I'm going to take this paratrooper. You may deploy this troop at any time that you could play an instant. When this troop is deployed, you may immediately equip it with one weapon card and one armor. But he does five damage. That's why I like him. This troop may deal two damage to the revealed enemy. Kind of like that, too, though. I'm going to do Stormtrooper. <clears throat> yeah, Stormtrooper for three, and I'm going to buy a med kit for two, I think. Yeah. Do you have three Xenosatham in your discard pile? Yeah, why? Because these say during wave two, burn three Xenosatham cards from your discard pile. Place one three Xenosatham oh, okay, card yeah. in your discard pile. Okay, I'll do that. That'll because I think you can do it. Yeah, I think you can only do like one time per right. turn. So so I do that and I, I place the three in my discard. Okay. okay, cool. There you go. I'm done purchasing. So I mean, wave four sounds like it's gonna be cool, or wave two. Sounds like it's going to be good. Round four begins with us thinning our deck, making our decks more efficient, the new division powers, and copyright infringement. <laughs> so I looked this up, and wait, nope, not unless you mean World War I Germany. You see, what? that's right. Because the first use of Stormtrooper was in 1915. The Stroptupen, or the Sturmun, or the Sturmtruppen. Those were all used to describe a specialist troop trained in trench assault combat. Huh. True. The soldiers soldiers featured a upgraded sort of body armor and a shield to protect them versus close combat. So really, George Lucas owes Germany residuals. <laughs> well, I don't think that's going to happen. I doubt it. That's Seriously. Awful. <clears throat> that's so, really weird. So I, I guess he was probably just like a big history buff maybe then and... I don't know. Learned a bunch of stuff that I don't care about because I don't <clears throat> really get into history. I didn't see any reference to a Skywalker troop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but didn't he want to call him like Star Killer or something like that? Star Destroyer, Luke Star. What did he call? He wanted to call him something else. Star Slaughterer. It was. It was something like that. It was. <laughs> doggone was it. Was that think, aggressive? I think he asked him. Yeah, Eric asked this in trivia. When we did our Star Wars. I think it was Starkiller. Was it was it? something like that, yeah. Weird. Okay. I didn't get it right then either, though. Sounds so. violent. It was. That's why he changed it, because he said it without it was too violent. There you go. How well, does it always come back to Star Wars? Star Wars is like a big deal, isn't it? Right now it is. It's I know. It's definitely on the tip of everyone's tongues. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I get my butt kicked for seven points of damage in round four, and let's see how Nicole does with the second half of round four. I have a plague fly. Each time this enemy kills a troop, deal the base one damage plus one additional damage for each troop in the lane. Ugh. Okay, so... I think what I'm going to do is my militia will do two damage to him. He'll do three damage to him, which will take him out. But my stormtrooper can once uh, cause two extra damage. Cause two extra damage, so he's going to take out the plague fly. So he'll only take out. So he actually does to the base one, two, three, four damage to the base. Right. I should have done. Here. I screwed mine up. I didn't do that effect. 
What effect? <laughs> I had oh, Stormtrooper an and I could have done two damage uh, to the second guy and taken him out without him some taking of us out pay my attention. other guys. I'm so terrible. Oh my gosh. I ruined this game already. Runner of games. That's Fred. <laughs> Hi, my name's Fred, runner of games. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. New title for me. So, yes, we went from 21 points to 11 in round four. Yeah. That's not good. That's rough. We are not going to survive this if we keep that up. No. So this might be a little bit of a clue how this is going to turn out. (laughs) But it's way tougher in round or in, in, you know, wave two than wave one for sure. Wave one was tough. And it doesn't seem like we can really keep up with these. So let's let's see if we do, if we can pull back from this brink of destruction. Okay. Is it my turn? I thought you. I went first last time. Nope. Okay. I have a panic spider. Ugh. It's gross looking. Uh, revealed. Deal the first troop in lane two damage and place that troop at the back of your lane. Wow. So. <clears throat> so he does three damage to my storm troop trooper and moves him to the I back of the lane. Two. In lane two. Oh. Weird. Yeah. Okay, so then I do two damage to him with my ranger. This is stupid. And he takes out my ranger. Med pack. So your guy doesn't get taken out quite yet. He has one point of damage right now. And he takes out the spider next turn to get taken out, too. No, he does five. He's got five. Right, and, he and only next does... turn they fight again. Yeah. And he takes out the spider, No, he? no, he has five oh my hit points. You're never going to take him out. Okay. Well, he takes two more damage. Well, and here, I, can I, I just... Mm, no, it doesn't help me. So... Okay, so you med-packed me, so then, okay, he takes, he gives two more damage. Does and your he, guy dies. And my guy dies. Right. Okay, so he's out of there. Okay. Put that in the wrong thingy. Now your okay. next guy slides up and gets taken out and takes out the spider. Right. So, there's your spider. That guy's really my guy's tough. out of there. How come all their guys are way tougher than ours? Oh my guys? gosh, they're ridiculous. Okay, and then, oh god dang it, another panic spider. But he does, what does he do? He does, he does two damage, so he's my stormtrooper's okay, out second. already. I'm going to high X grenade. Actually, I'm going to do, a, no I'm gonna do the med pack so that he doesn't take those two points of damage. So you do that, and he actually heals a point of damage. Why does it matter? Because then I high X grenade the spider. Because we're going to lose right now, and I can't do anything. There's Yeah, we're dead. Okay, I paratrooper my guy into your forces. Okay? Okay, well, my, stoom tr- stor- my stormtrooper's out. And, and he did three points of damage, then I high X grenade your your panic spider, so he's dead. So he's dead, okay. Okay. And I still have the stupid centipede. Right. And he gets five There's and he has to fight my uh paratrooper who does five points of damage to him and kills him. Okay, so the centipede's dead. Yep, and I used every card I had to save your your life. That's so. awesome. Uh your efforts are appreciated. <clears throat> I'm dead. And all I have is a stupid scout drum, which would I'm totally dead. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Say. Yeah, we're dead. This enemy fights the last troop in the lane rather than the first, oh. continuing back until the front until it's killed. So he kills this guy, he takes two points of damage, and he kills this guy and takes two points of damage and gets it taken out. Okay? 
Next guy. We're not even explaining it anymore at this point. I know. It's just going to die. The first time this enemy would be killed, and instead does this. Well, I do this when it's revealed, and it gets healed with two hit points at the back. The centipede guy. Okay. Next guy is revealed. Prowler. Uh, deal the first troop in the lane three points of damage, so he does that. This guy does three points back. They both take each other out, so now I'm down to the damage from those two, and that's enough to take our base out. Because that is so leaving dead. us with six points of damage. This was not an interesting podcast game. <laughs> <laughs> what? We made it to wave. We made it halfway, just over halfway through the game, almost. Right up to the halfway point. Not quite. Yeah, seriously. What? We didn't even make it halfway through the game. I don't know what to say. Okay, well, we die. It was rough. We did actually make it halfway because we were playing two, we were each playing a turn every every round, and uh-huh. we made it past your turn, which means we made it 4.5 rounds. That's so exactly halfway. We made it exactly halfway That's and pathetic. died. pathetic. Now, I, have, I played my iOS version of this yesterday just to see if I could do any better, and I made it exactly halfway again. Good job. Now, another thing we got wrong, I found out, oh, is that no. we are not supposed to clear surviving troops each round. They stay in the lane. And well, that, that actually makes a lot more sense <laughs> right. than because of the militia thing, not being able to get more militia. Because right. I couldn't believe that they would just give you, like, one guy <clears throat> because that's all you had come out of your hand. Right. And, and on, online, they said that you're supposed to continually buy a lot of gear and keep buffing the guys who survive in the line or in the lanes with gear. Because okay. you can buff a guy with, you know, with a gun and with a an armor. Right. <clears throat> and that you're supposed huh. to keep doing that every turn as the game goes along, which keeps you kind of... You sort of snowball into the final rounds or else you'll lose because you can't build enough off of one hand. Well, that makes a lot more sense than (laughs) why we would do so poorly. And that is why I'm officially nominating this for the next five for five. The next one? Yes. And I also say that we reserve our review until then. I think that's a good idea. Because I don't think that we're going to do this game any justice right now having played so significantly wrong. But I think it's a good example of sometimes playing that first game. You can't base your entire decision on one game of any game. Right. You have to give it at least a second shot. Now, so you agree we should should wait to review it until a 5 for 5? Because our 5 for 5 reviews are pretty full still. And we'll give a number like we would at this point when we do the 5 for 5. Yeah, because right now, I mean, I don't feel like I would give it a very high review but i think that it could have a higher right. review because it's got some really good <coughs> points to it well i know i know some of the I, I read like briefly some stuff on bgg about how are you supposed to beat this game this this seems insanely hard uh-huh. and that's the the first thing the guy said was your troops some of your troops have to survive in the early rounds yeah and when they do you continue to buff them so that they are able to make other troops survive so by the time you hit those like last few waves only, like, the front guy is dying and, and all your cards are just support cards to, like, you know, throw two high axe grenades down before this guy attacks. So he he attacks and kills the guy so he doesn't do damage to the last guy and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Hmm. So uh, we're going to do that. Okay. And for your information, if you're listening, the Kickstarter for Xenoshift Dreadmire begins this month. So look to Cool Mini or Not's website for more information because all they've said is January. The so what I'm, is that? Is it a sequel or is it an expansion? They haven't said. It's just, here's a title? 
right. look into I, it. I'm, I'm betting it's going to be another base game is what I'm betting. But here's mm. the deal with, with Cool Mini or not. The reason I'm mentioning this is because it is time sensitive. And Cool Mini or not are notorious for releasing these Kickstarters. I mean, most of their business models through Kickstarter. Mm. And if you buy into one of these Kickstarters, you'll get a significant upgraded product beyond what you would get at the retail. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it is worth knowing. I mean, like, for instance, the Arcadia... We didn't kickstart that one, though, right? No. Okay. But, like, for instance, the Arcadia quest that I just did is coming with, like, over double the amount of heroes and, you know, additional sculpted miniatures and, and hero sheets and stuff with it. Uh-huh. Just, just for kickstarting it huh. and paying retail for it. Hmm. Which would That's go... Good. this The price of it would be way beyond that, even at discounted prices for all these extra miniatures. You know, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just mentioning that just so if you're interested in something like this, you should check that out. Uh, and that does. And they're bring... not paying us. That's not necessarily that kind of endorsement, <laughs> right? Now just that, saying, Nicole. That does bring us to the end of episode 25 of Talk About Board Games. That's insane. 25 episodes, <laughs> right? We talk a lot, right? Now, as always, feel free to email us at talkaboutboardgames at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter and like our Facebook page. Or snail mail us at P.O. Box 6943, Lee's Summit, Missouri, 64064. Now, we appreciate the reviews that some of you have given us on iTunes. We would love to encourage you, the rest of you to do one as well. The more reviews, the more people notice us, and the more people that interact with this show. Now, if you would like to take part in the creation of this podcast, please join our guild on BoardGameGeek.com. You can find us there by clicking the Browse tab at the top of the page and selecting Podcasts from the drop-down. We're on page four of the list that'll pop up. Okay? Now, once in our podcast, <laughs> once you get to the podcast page, just click I Want to Be a Fan. Why not? Now, underneath the description is a link that leads to our guild. Trust me, this is the easiest way to get there by going through this process. But there is an easier way that you can get there. You just simply go to TalkAboutBoardGames.com and click on the Forums tab. That leads you directly to the Talk About Board Games Guild. Okay? (laughs) Ridiculous, right? It's so funny. (laughs) It's so hard to get there through Board Games. Did you try turning it off and back on again? (laughs) I know. Did you take your your cup out of the coaster drive on the computer? (laughs) Anyway, our next episode just happens to be our one-year anniversary. Of the podcast, not like you and me. Right. I was just clarifying for anybody who might be new. Now, we have a special review in that episode, and we won't spoil it just yet, so please check back in two weeks to find out what we play and who we play it with. Thank you so much for listening. Going to... Going to jail. (laughs)